0: All right, Run It Back Nation, welcome back. I am one of your hosts, Joy. Alongside with me is Wes. How are you doing today, Wes? Hi, Run It Back
1: Nation, and hi, Joy. I am doing very well today. Very juicy details going on to tonight's podcast.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we got a lot of stuff covered uh, that we're going to be covering this week. Uh, from the Bahrain Grand Prix reviews, and you're going to get our predictions right away for the Sakira Grand Prix um, this upcoming Sunday. So, yeah. Well, uh, Joy, you know,
1: this past weekend's race, Bahrain Grand Prix, all I can say is, wow. <laughs> I- I'm serious because, right, right, look, right. I mean, who knew that something crazy... Was what gonna happened. happen right. in lap one, right, right? And it didn't. It didn't take that many turns for it to happen. Didn't first then, lap, you know? Right. And you know, we had a very lengthy delay. It. I don't know about you, Joy, but watching all of that, it, it messed me up, especially for uh, during the two hour break. I couldn't process it. And then you know, once all that was cleared up, that we had a safety car right away, and then. It just got a little more weird, and once the race restarted, it then just became a another Lewis-dominated race until the last couple laps um, and, you know, commiserations for Checo Perez. You know, he was doing so well, and then all of a sudden, his car catches on fire. But other than that, you know, a good race from uh, one of my uh, drivers to watch and, uh, you know, For those that I didn't expect to do well, that happened to work out well, too. And um, yeah, but action packed and, uh, you know, a lot of the unexpected. But at the same time, um, we should be thankful to be watching this era of Formula
0: One. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right with you, Wes. Um, Yeah. uh, You know, uh, I tweeted or, you know, I even posted on social media that like this was I thought this was going to be the first time I've ever witnessed a death in Formula One. Um, You know, uh, of course, like, the most recent one was Antoine Hubert, but at that time, I wasn't really interested in Formula Two. Um, And the most recent Formula One death uh, was Jules Bianchi, right? Um, At that time, I wasn't watching Formula One. And, um, you know, Lewis hit it on the head, right, with his uh, social media post you know this is still a dangerous sport um you know driving around in 200 miles an hour in in tracks and racing wheel to wheel with open wheeled cars there's always going to be an element of danger no matter how safe the cars are and this is the most strangest circumstance that i've seen in um a crash you know because just the details of of the crash like in, in the first lap we we all know that like the first lap of either a um a formula 1 start or a formula 1 restart after a, after a red flag it's always going to be the most craziest it's it's, it's going to be the most where a lot of stuff happens uh, a lot of the action uh happens and so yeah I, I didn't really i was excited for the Bahrain Grand Prix because it's one of my favorite tracks i just didn't I just didn't think it was gonna be how it started, you know. um So yeah,
1: yeah, you know, um, with with the Grosjean crash, right? More as we talk more about it, um, yeah, like like you hit it on the head, you know. I thought that was gonna be the first time I've seen a death in um, Formula One. Now with uh, Hubert's case, uh, I. Like yourself, I wasn't watching too much Formula 2, but I didn't think that I would see a death in modern racing anyway. Right. Right? And then, of course, you know, you, we talk about Jules Bianchi, and, you know, when you see the footage of that, that it was just gruesome, right? Because right, right. in Jules Bianchi's case, he crashed into a crane. No halo uh, around at that time. Right. But uh, – as I alluded to earlier, we are thankful to be watching this era formula one because, because of that halo and the survival cell,
2: right. Absolutely. You know,
1: Roman Grosjean is still alive and, you know, he may be all bandaged up. I, I don't think he is bandaged up anymore, but um, so I'll take that back, but for him to walk out of there and have the right personnel come by and rescue him and in, uh, in the, uh, you know, heartbeat, Practically, mm-hmm. you know, we're, it's it's really it's really amazing to see how far the FIA has come to make this as safe a sport as possible. And, you know, I wish it doesn't happen again.
0: Right. Absolutely. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I want to credit, you know, Michael Massey. Uh, I want to credit uh, Charlie Whiting, um, the Hans device, um, and the Halo, right? Like, with the Halo, you know, Jules Bianchi's life, probably could have been saved um and you know that like that's the thing about formula one you know there's so much that uh we've accomplished in safety um that roman grosjean was able to walk away from it and even then you know after that crash the the formula uh, formula one is doing investigations on how to make things a lot safer not just for grosjean but even for the medical staff um and so, yeah, uh, even for the the marshals as, as well so so yeah, um, I will say, you know, I was against the halo when it came out um i I just thought it didn't it looked so alien to the car, but now you know the the proof is right there it's it's in my face, and um I'm so glad that we we implemented it,
1: absolutely joy, and uh, to uh supplement your point of the marshals and uh the medical car staff, yeah it you bring up a good point because they were the marshals don't have anything at all really minus their that safety helmet and then uh the doctors and uh the medical car uh driver They only they have the faceless kind like uh the open kind Right. so that was uh that's something to revise right because you know they were facing the fire literally right but uh you know for what it's worth, we're happy that everyone's safe everyone is still around Mm -hmm. and um you know, we wish nothing but a speedy recovery for uh, Roman Grosjean. Yeah, hopefully yeah. We, we we could see him back in Abu Dhabi. He's so adamant about it, but of course, you know, <laughs> health comes first. Right, right, absolutely. Always. So, yeah. yeah, speedy recovery, Roman Grosjean.
0: Yeah, and and I also, you know, one last point about uh, Roman Grosjean. I mean, the guy showed up in the paddock a couple of days ago with this huge smile on his on his face, and he was hugging everyone that was there, that that was assisting him, that helped him, that that saved his life and even Roman like still had a, a smile in his face in the hospital you know and um, yeah uh, especially when Crofty um, said that you know he has three boys back at home you know that that really that really hit me cause man like you know we, we, we those three boys could have lost a, a father and and thank god that uh, Formula 1 saved him oh, thank god the Marshall saved him thank god we're at this point where we were able to to make sure that someone had a father. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Any more points, uh, Wes?
1: No, I think uh, you really brought it home there. And uh, yeah, well wishes, too, to the Grosjean family.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So now let's move on to the Bulls and Bears um, for our borrowing Grand Prix picks, right? So, Wes, um, take us through your, uh, your bulls for this week and your bears as well.
1: To our listeners, the reason why Joy kind of chuckled there is because my bulls perform like complete horse crap, <laughs> okay? So, for those that are new to the show, bulls and bears is um, a concept that we came up with where our bulls, right. uh, emulating a bull market in trading, is uh, drivers that we want to look out for throughout mm. the weekend. In a bear market, which is the complete opposite, uh, drivers that we don't want to put our uh, bets on or put our hopes on. So my bulls uh, for last week were Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, Sebastian Vettel, and Lewis. Okay, Lewis, Lewis did the Lewis. Okay, and that was that was pretty good. I'm happy with the return I got with Lewis Hamilton. Dominated from start to finish. One for three. is not bad. Maybe in baseball, but not here. <laughs> But um, Leclerc and Vettel, I picked both of them because uh, I was on the hype train that, oh, no Mattia Benato, Uh, maybe um, Leclerc and Vettel will perform Mm. substantially well. Yeah, never have I been more (laughs) wrong in my life. And uh, Joy, when we do Bulls and Bears in the future, remember to remind me to not pick Ferrari. (laughs) So, yeah, the one time I, I tried to trust him, it doesn't work out. And uh, I think I learned my lesson. So that's yeah. all I really have on my bulls.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, yeah, you hit it right on the head, right? Lewis just goes on to do Lewis stuff, um, winning the Grand Prix pretty much. Um, and Leclerc, he, he seems to have these magical uh, first laps in the beginning. And then he just has to struggle and, like, watch other cars pass him. Throughout the entire race, because he just doesn't have the pace. He has incredible starts uh, where he just kind of dives everyone. Seems to me like in in, in a corner, probably T one. But yeah, um, Vettel, you know he he just did not like his car, uh, at the weekend.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. It, it goes from being pretty good <laughs> to undrivable. I don't understand. <laughs> I I really don't. But. I, I do digress, um, but yes, one for three—not so good.
2: Right. If
1: I was a stock trader, I would have been out of out of a work <laughs> for ever, basically, because I picked these three and only one of them panned out.
0: Well, I think I think you did a lot better in your bears.
1: Oh heck yes, I got three for three. <laughs> three for three. <laughs> but in a market that's trending downward, so that just kind of. Doesn't erase the pain, but it's not as it could have been a whole lot worse.
0: Right, it could have been a ho- whole lot worse. Definitely. So
1: my bears were Valtteri Bottas, Esteban Ocon, Kevin Magnuson. Hmm. um, and Bottas I felt like was already kind of out of it once uh, Lewis already claimed the title,
2: hmm.
1: and it just so happened that during the race he had a lot of tire puncture issues. Right. Turns out uh he only changed three tires in one of his stops, which I find really amazing. <laughs> There's no other racing series I see only that or do a partial change of tires except for like IndyCar and NASCAR. Right. Right. Right.
2: right.
0: But yeah, no. Well I think you would weird. have to you would still have to like um uh you would still have to like change like one whole side of the car. You can't just change one tire from like one side of the car. Well, right, and in Botas' case, they changed three,
1: so it must have been... I, I didn't really see which ones they really took off. Right, right. But... And either way, it was kind of weird. It's weird, But, yeah, uh, yeah with uh, Alcon and Magnuson, I mean... They haven't been in form all season, mm. really. And it doesn't help that the cameras don't really show them as much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's probably a reason why that is. Right. And, uh, yeah, they didn't really perform well... On Renault's side, it looked like Ricardo was going to carry the group, like I predicted last week, and that seemed mm-hmm. to be the case. More likely than not, right? Right. And then Magnussen, even though he was the only Haas in the fight, I mean, it's not like he was going to pull a Hollywood drive and all of a sudden get into the podium positions because his teammate went down.
0: Right. Right. Well, uh, I mean, to uh, to kind of uh, go off of that, um, Ocon did score, you know, a ninth place, which is not that bad, but. Uh, I think I, I agree with you. You know that that Renault should be a lot faster, based on like what we've seen previously, especially on power tracks, right? Um, especially against McLaren. McLaren pretty much just like cleaned the house with the points. Uh, this this week. Well, not the entire points, but you know what I mean. Against Racing Point and against Renault. So, so yeah. Um.
2: Well, right, 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 mm-hmm. right,
1: and that's the point I'm trying to make. Right, so P nine, okay, yeah, you get what, two points? Yeah. Right? But you are in a fight for fourth. Right. right. And, and finishing yeah. ninth when your uh teammate is substantially higher, that doesn't mm-hmm. help. Right. That doesn't help. You're you're pretty much throwing it away to both Racing Point and um uh, McLaren. Absolutely. At that point. So And and Gasly finished ahead of him. There you right. there you go. Right, See? right. So so yeah, I mean it doesn't help your team's cause, especially when you're trying to turn the corner from uh, being a uh, up and comer to a contender. Right, right. So yeah, you know that's the that's the reason why I had Ocon a few weeks in a row. Mm. Uh but yeah, and it just happened to come to reality on uh Sunday.
0: Well was I think I also would have been fired for my picks for my Bulls uh, this week. Um, I picked Verstappen, Ricardo and Russell. Now, I've been picking Russell for quite a while because I, I just want him to get that last point. Or for that, that first point, right? Uh, well, Verstappen, you know, like, Bottas wasn't really there, so Verstappen was going to show up. I always you know you you kind of know that Verstappen's always going to show up whenever someone's absent from like the Mercedes so this is incredible right Verstappen's driving the wheels out of that car um and he's taking massive points uh after the after them after the races and like I think he might steal second place if um if Bottas doesn't get his stuff together soon so which is going to be Embarrassing for Bottas, right? Especially when we all... I think we can all agree that the Mercedes is a lot more faster than the Red Bull. I don't know why it took me a while to to say that. But, yeah. Uh, other than that, Ricardo, uh, again, I thought the Renaults were going to beat the McLarens in this race. You know, especially when Sainz had those penalties. Um, and so... That, you know, pretty much brought him to the back of the, the grid. But, like, it seems as though, like, the, the McLarens, they were able to control their tires a lot better. Um, and, yeah, Ricardo didn't really perform that well as much as I'd like. He was about to pass Gasly uh, until that Sergio Perez uh, yellow flag or safety car. So, yeah, which is uh, it's a, it's a shame, but, but, you know, uh, I do think that Ricardo... Should have at least. I, I actually saw Ricardo getting at least like fifth in this race, um, but that wasn't that wasn't the case. So especially, you know, the the midfield battle is tightening up. So yeah, and Russell, I mean, you know, he he was not he was in the Williams. I mean, he's always gonna be in the Williams, except for this week and hopefully next week for Abu Dhabi. But yeah, um, Russell, I didn't really see much of him uh, in the race. Right, so yeah, but still incredible P twelve. Right? That that was incredible. He even beat Sebastian Vettel. Um I don't know. I don't know, Wes. Uh you tell me, like, is this a loss for Russell? Because he did manage to get P twelve. Maybe I'm considering it a loss because I, I kinda have more higher expectations. I shouldn't have, but I just want Russell to get that P10 at some point in the uh, in in the season with perhaps the Williams. It may not be possible anymore, but yeah.
1: Well, I mean, when it comes to George, he's showing us time and time again uh, why he's a potential once-in-a-generation talent, right? Mm. Um, and P12, uh, that P11, P12 range is the best I think he can get out he of that Williams. Get, okay, so it's a win. So, I don't think I don't think he can get the I mean there it's possible to get P10. I mean look at uh Imola, Right, right. Right. It was possible. <laughs> but, you know, he's he's human. Right. He's right absolutely mistakes throughout right. his career. It's it's not like it's not like that one big shunt is going to cause him to not get points ever. Hopefully no. not in the Mercedes. And something tells me that this week uh <laughs> would change all of that for some reason. I wonder yeah, why. I wonder why. Hmm. But uh, you know, I I wouldn't put you I wouldn't be so hard on myself with uh, George
0: okay okay okay. just because maybe I'm I'm a little too hard on on George um, uh,
1: especially when you're taking the worst car in the grid that far right I think it's there's a lot to be happy about right and yeah I mean okay so I would say you were what two for three two for three two for three yeah so you know Max is gonna Max Mm. Ricardo yes I I think we could have gotten a lot more out of Danny (laughs) Rick than yep what was actually uh put across the line. But when it comes to your bulls man, I'm I'm happy for you. You got a pretty good return. Yeah, unlike
0: yeah. me. Yeah. Sorry, sorry George. Um I should have that that's a win. That's a win. P12. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, uh let's move on to my bears. Um I thought Albon Perez and Jovenazzi weren't going to do so well and I don't know. I think I'm 1 for 3. I guess you could say that Albon did well even without um even if Perez still crossed the line I think I think Red Bull would have been fairly happy with um Albon finishing fourth behind Perez now of course you know he has to finish a- ahead of Perez but but yeah um it's it's weird like um now I feel like Albon actually has gained a little bit control of that um that Red Bull seat Um, I don't think Red Bull, I think he's giving Red Bull no reason to look elsewhere, uh, but him. So, yeah, it's a weird feeling with Albon. Uh, I feel like he is inheriting, like, these incredible, not incredible, but okay, uh, positions, okay results. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think he did okay. Um, he wasn't spectacular. I thought he could have gone a little bit faster Probably like actually overtake Perez um but yeah uh Perez of course he did incredible he did great uh throughout the entire race right p three he was gonna he was gonna be lining up for like a second consecutive podium right um so but yeah yeah of all the engines that fails in the grid it's the most you least expect it's the mercedes engine so but yeah you could tell he was so frustrated because he he just kept pushing the car uh towards the finish line and to the point where he actually i think i think he had to get um take the old engines like that he used early in the season he had to get a new chassis because he melted the floor so yeah i mean that's that's frustration for uh for perez and uh Giovinazzi, didn't really see a lot of joe uh of uh antonio uh in the race you know um uh, didn't really see a lot out of the alpha males just in general so so yeah uh p16 you know uh that is horrific especially when um uh, Russell and Latifi finish ahead of you, but it seems as though like the Alfa Romeo's are struggling in this uh in the barring track.
1: Yeah, you know I think you had a really safe pick with uh Giovinazzi.
2: Mm. Right,
1: cuz to me he's he's pretty volatile. <laughs> and that's not to say, you know, Kimi has done that much better.
0: Alfa doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem uh seem to think so.
1: Like, I I <laughs> I think uh, you know it's it's a down year really for right, both. For both. And uh, yeah, they they don't show much of that mm. backmarker action anyhow. So I I can see why he picked Giovanazzi, and I don't know how he's gonna do for the rest of the year. And uh, to me, it's still even though it's way after the fact, the fact that the the seats are gonna remain the same at Alpha for next year is beyond me. Okay. But that's right. uh, that's a different. Um, conversation for another day well uh, check out right what yeah what's up
0: yeah well I-, I was about to say like should we rate our bulls and bears based on their overall performance or just the result because i would say like perez did well you know he he out albon but he just didn't get uh, a-, a better result than albon
1: well i mean i i think you can le- make your own conclusions up to that right okay Okay. If if you feel that they're not uh, what to watch for mm. bears, then mm. that's why they should be there. Okay, right, um, and of course the only gain that those drivers can get about being our bears is to prove us wrong. Right. So, back to what I was saying, Checo <laughs> That's commiserations. Uh, he, um, you know, I, I think he got you on that one. Uh, <laughs> it was going to be a podium finish and. You did say that he's pretty good with um, more uh, straightforward, not-too-crazy technical tracks.
0: Right, right, absolutely.
1: And, you know, that Bahrain is one of them. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, I hope he can uh, do something remarkable uh, this weekend, even right. though he might have to start further down because of the changes to the car, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Real impressed with how he performed. Was really banking on him to get the uh, two in a row until his car caught on fire. Right. And Albon, Albon is making it really, really hard for Red Bull. <laughs> I want him to succeed. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. I really do. But,
2: but, I,
0: but I thought I thought Hulkenberg or Perez had that seat. Like It was uh, just either Hulkenberg or Perez. But now Albon has kind of gotten to the mix by default. I, I mean you always have to put incumbents right, right into consideration you
1: can't just you can't just really throw them away like that mm. but I still think uh, he won't be in that seat uh, next year anyhow okay but it will be a harder decision for Red Bull to make than it was three weeks ago three right. four weeks ago absolutely but um no I mean way to... Way to have a good initial judgment of the Bears, <laughs> only for it to not pan out towards the end of the race.
0: <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, let's move on to uh, the hot laps. Uh, so this is the section of our podcast where we share with you the latest F1 news and the latest F1 rumors. Um, not a lot of rumors circling around this uh, this week. Uh, just the rumors became the news. Because they were, they happened to be true. Uh, But yeah, Wes. Yes. So, our first story of the day
1: Schumacher and Mazepin officially to Haas. So, now two more seats on the grid are confirmed. And although everybody seems to know, I I think secrets are not well kept in Formula One. (laughs) I don't think. But, But hey, we are now in the Mick Schumacher era right. of Formula One. Mm. So for those that have been watching sport for a long time, you might be in awe because that name comes back to the grid. And uh, he gets to be paired with someone that has talent, but at the same time comes with a need for Haas, which is money. Right. Since Haas is a very uh, small privateer team. And um, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this team performs with a rugged, rough-and-tough team principal and two rookies controlling the cars.
2: Right. right. Um.
1: And I can already sense it already that people are going to have these mile-high expectations for Mick and um, perhaps people picking on Mazepin for being the next uh, Lance Stroll. <laughs> So, I'm a little worried for Nikita Mazepin there, but uh,
0: Well, uh, th- actually, uh that's that's good you brought that point up. Is because um I don't know if you've uh seen the the highlights for the Formula 2 um qualifying, but Schumacher made contact with Roy Nassani, and I think he will start 18th tomorrow. And um I think I think Mazepin qualified 3rd for Formula 2. Which opens the the championship up, right? With Schumacher all the way back to um, the 18th, right? To the 18th, there's no points award for 18th. But yeah, uh, this championship could be wrapped up in uh, the feature race uh, instead of the sprint. So, yeah, it's funny. Like we could see Nikita Mazepin actually win the Formula Two championship. But uh, I do agree with you. I, I think. Schumacher is a little bit... is much better, I think. Schumacher is much better. I think Schwartzman's a lot better. I think Callum Isla is a lot better. Sonoda has pole position tomorrow, so we will see. Oh, well, you know, that's really good to know,
1: Joy. Um, to be honest, I didn't really follow up. Oh, well, I did know Mick was 18th and um, Islet was 9th because that's who they're really watching right. going into that race. But, um, you know... Uh, the point I was trying to make earlier was, um, it'll be interesting to see,
2: right, right.
1: Uh, and that's to me the direct comparisons that people might make about those two drivers already mm. before they even put laps in officially for uh, Haas. Right, right. But uh, yeah, it's no longer a secret; never it was. It's official: Schumacher and Mazepin to Haas, and uh, really looking forward to see how the duo performs for the uh, American team
0: absolutely absolutely and so yeah uh for our second uh news our second um news for today uh unfortunately you know there's a reason why you know george russell is seen in the mercedes right it's lewis hamilton um who tested positive for uh covid so yeah wes what do you have for uh, lewis hamilton's covid19 case
1: Well, what I have on his COVID-19 case is that, uh, he had two negatives prior Mm. and then, uh, he woke up, uh, one day earlier in the week with, uh, mild symptoms and he had to take a test again and the test came back positive. So as a result, I believe it's 10 days that he has to uh, stay away, which would force him out of, um, this week's race. And, uh, mercedes was uh, hit with a big decision to go with either george russell uh stoffel van dorn or um i believe it was nico hulkenberg to uh be his replacement and ultimately uh they went with uh george russell uh because um i guess he was the closest right stoffel was out in valencia testing for mercedes formula e Mm. Hulkenberg, you would have had to fly in and do all the tests all over again. So that takes a little bit of time. Uh, unlike Russell, you have the information already, and he's already a Mercedes driver right. as is just, um, I guess, on loan, if you will, to right. Williams. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, very shocking, right? Because right. Uh, for someone who has a big following and a big um, platform as Lewis – he actually never missed a race up until this week. Did you know that, Joy?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's insane, right? Like, the guy is consistent. He's, he will show up for the team.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's... And thankfully, you know, he's never gotten suspended or anything like that. Mm. Um, and, yeah, for him to miss a race... I mean, that I think to me, that just describes how 2020 is. <laughs> We're seeing a lot of strange things. Not just sports, but in this case in in the world of sport formula one we're seeing strange things and in this case it's lewis hamilton um, not racing this weekend but for what it's worth we wish lewis hamilton well we wish those that have been around him uh well as well um hopefully uh that it's uh just symptoms and that by the following weekend in abu dhabi uh he's uh cleared to go racing again. But yes, uh, speedy recovery. It's going to be tough uh, for Mercedes to not have them in the paddock, but um, I think they'll be in good hands come uh, Saturday and Sunday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you, you touched up on it uh, a little bit earlier. Um, George Russell, you know, he, he's going to replace Lewis Hamilton to Mercedes. Um, there is uh, a video that I will reference. Um, it is pretty much why... It's titled, Why Mercedes Had to Replace Hamilton with Russell and What's Really at Stake. It's a, it's a great video by The Race, uh, voice uh, narrated by Scott Mitchell. Um, but yeah, so Scott Mitchell pretty much just like, um, he goes over why Mercedes picked George Russell over um, over Stoffel Van Dorn, over Nico Hulkenberg. And... It's perfect. He he articulated it well. It made a lot more sense. This is how Mercedes thinks. This is how Mercedes, you know, they operate. Um, And that's because this is such a a unique circumstance where the driver's championship is wrapped up. The constructor's championship is wrapped up. And if there was a perfect scenario where Lewis could kind of... step aside or not be in the picture and have George Russell you know go against Valtteri Bottas I mean this is the perfect scenario where you could pretty much compare these two drivers against each other uh because earlier in the season right Mercedes kind of uh, asked Williams you know about um George Russell joining Mercedes earlier in the season but The previous management for Williams uh, blocked it, you know, kind of stepped in, said, you know, we have George uh, until next year. So, you know, and then the current management for Williams pretty much said, you know, we don't want to hold him back uh, any like more than once this year. So, yeah, they allowed George Russell to go to Williams if and uh, when Mercedes picked him. So. This is the perfect scenario, right? Like, they have nothing to lose, but they have, there's still a lot to gain, right? Like, imagine if, if, if George, I mean, watching um, FP1 and FP2, George topped the, sh- uh, the timesheets, right? He set the fastest laps for both sessions, which is, this is crazy. Like, I, I didn't think George was George was going to be this fast, but um, tomorrow, you know, qualifying is going to be the most important. Um, but yeah, this is, this is crazy. Like he, he might, I, I always knew George was going to prove himself against Bottas. I just didn't think it was going to be in the first race of his, um, Mercedes, um, uh, in, in his Mercedes debut. So, so yeah. Uh, any thoughts, Wes?
1: I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it. That's the reason why he's on the team in the first place they see something in him and yes that it's already starting to pay dividends Hmm. when i was checking the fp1 and fp2 times uh this morning Hmm. i just couldn't help but be amazed right (laughs) right like dang man like (laughs) if it kind of feels like that mercedes can be plug and play you can argue that but at the same time we're starting to see how talented george russell really is this could be the new era of and Mercedes exactly. That could actually show a lot of people like, Hey, 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 you know, this, this isn't just some, you know, young guy with a, a lot of promise. He's the real deal. Absolutely. And you're going to see why come Saturday and Sunday. And Oh my gosh, I'm I'm wow. already on the Russell train, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love George Russell. I thought, I mean, he was my favorite rookie of, uh, of the three, uh, Albon Norris and Russell. So, so yeah, uh, this is weird. Like, um, I I just noticed this West that Mercedes is the only top team. Um, aside from like Red Bull and, and Ferrari, when they were a top team back then. But Mercedes still don't have their future set. You know, like Red Bull has Verstappen, LeClaire I mean Ferrari has Leclerc. They they already have a junior driver in the top team, ready to go, ready to fight for a championship, win the when the when the opportunity arises mercedes you know they still have the reigning world champion lewis hamilton but you could also argue that they don't have their future set right as much as you know lewis hamilton wants to compete you know until maybe like in his 40s um probably inspired by Kimi raikkonen you know it's weird um mercedes is I think Mercedes is in the back foot when it comes to their junior drivers being in the in the top team. And so yeah, I think this is a perfect opportunity to see where George is. It seems as though Mercedes puts all of their money in George. Like if George, you know, is is a miss, then the the Mercedes junior program is really a bust. Um but yeah, yeah, uh yeah, great points, but uh
1: yeah, I do. I want to add one point, Joy. Um, You know, so again, for our listeners, uh, we are two uh, guys who love Formula One and boxing, which we'll talk about later. uh, That are based in the United States. And the point that Joy was trying to make, it's very reminiscent of a top-tier American sports team. Mm. So you take baseball or basketball, for example, sort of Major League Baseball in the NBA. Uh, the good teams usually are already very good from the starting level standpoint, right? Hmm. But in baseball, when that happens, your farm system's usually pretty depleted because right. the guys you raised in the farm system are already the Artists. superstars at the top. Absolutely. And then in basketball, when you're on an already good team from point guard to center, chances are, and you're winning championships, you're you're going to pick lower in the draft.
2: <laughs> all and right, those all
1: right. draft picks are going to barely see any playing time. All right. And that's the case that um, I guess you can apply with uh, for Mercedes. That, you know, they're so top-heavy with Valtteri and Lewis that nobody really thinks about their junior program. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> if they're yeah. an American franchise, they would be the perfect American franchise. <laughs> and uh, speaking of American franchises, our next news story, um, we got a brazilian american on the grid in pietro Fittipaldi, uh subbing in for roman and rojan at haas
0: and as you and me being proud americans joy who love formula one what do you think about that oh my goodness like you know uh i've 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 known uh well i haven't known like personally but uh i'd known of uh pietro for 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 quite a while now um I follow him on twitch uh i follow him on instagram and so like that's the thing like um i'm so glad he got the call to to replace uh roman grosjean at at Haas for a while because it seems as though not a lot of teams are using the reserve drivers to fill in um a, a teammate that has caught covid um and so yeah like i've always thought like this was so cool because um I don't know if you know this, Wes, but um, the reserve driver for Racing Point, I think, is Stoffel Van Dorn because they um, share reserve drivers with Mercedes, and Mercedes um, has Lewis Hamilton, who caught COVID. Um, they had um, Racing Point had Perez, who caught COVID. Stroll, who I think, was it confirmed that he caught COVID? Or he Stroll, was Stroll like...
1: tested positive for COVID as okay. well.
0: Okay, and then you know, for both of those times for Racing Point, it was Hulkenberg uh, that stepped in, and so like you know, like it, it, it's strange when um, when a team has a reserve driver and they don't use them, uh, which is which is sad, you know. Uh, it, it's a missed opportunity for these reserve drivers who just who can't wait to to have their opportunity, um, and Pietro is. You know, he, he is that example for uh, a reserve driver. Like Haas, uh, I, I agree with them on this one. Um, it should have gone, it. you know, it went to Pietro. It should have gone to Pietro. And so, yeah, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad they picked uh, Pietro instead of looking elsewhere, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, if they went to somebody like Hulkenberg, it's going to be a big adjustment for the car, right? Because right? you were driving Mercedes power for two, three races that you were in. Right. right. Was it two or three? Uh, Two. Two. two okay. Two. And then, you know, you're driving Ferrari for the third race. I mean, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. And yeah, I mean, Hulk can probably give you a lot of input. Right. But with only one more race left in the season, what else is there to really improve?
0: Right. 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 Absolutely. So,
1: yeah, you know, but from a, uh, I guess, a nationalistic as well as structural standpoint, it's cool to see a American driver on the grid, right. Brazilian-American. Um, so for those that um, might not know, Pietro's from Miami, Florida. Mm. And his Miami accent really comes out. It's <laughs> weird observation from me, but I do digress. Well, uh, Hold on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And, you know, and... Um, to see a uh, Fittipaldi on the grid too. That's- uh, yeah,
2: That's
0: cool.
1: That's cool, right? <laughs> uh, brings, uh, carries the tradition of the Fittipaldi name back onto uh, modern Formula One. And um, yeah, it's good on Haas to use what they had in-house, right? right, instead of spending too much time trying to look someplace else and, uh, you know, look at what they actually have rather than looking at a resume. Right. So I'm really excited for, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi, uh, to soak in this experience. You know, if I were him, it wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about the results. Right. Absolutely. Right. I'm, I want to get the laps in. I want to get the experience in and, you know, it'll be something to talk about for the rest of his life, you know? Right. And cause you know, who knows if, uh, he'll get another formula one drive after that.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: So, yeah. You know, I'm real happy for Pietro Fittipaldi.
0: Yeah. 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 You- you articulated that beautifully, uh, Wes. So, so yeah. I mean, also another driver that's getting his chance, uh, first chance, his debut in Formula One, is Jack Aiken to Williams. Another team. Uh, I mean, I think uh, actually Williams' reserve driver is Jack Aiken. So I guess you know we have two teams that are using the reserve. Uh, thankfully, I actually thought that Williams was gonna consider Nico Hulkenberg to step in, right? Uh, like you said, uh, using the same Mercedes engine. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I thought they were gonna go to um, to Hulkenberg uh, after. <coughs> excuse me, after um, George Russell steps in uh, for Lewis Hamilton. So, so yeah, what what are your thoughts uh, on this, Wes?
1: We're being represented on the grid, my man. <laughs> That's what I think about Jack uh, Aiken being on the grid, but you know outside of that though um, it's good on Williams again to at least sample what they have Absolutely. because right? they are a young team they're you know they're on the, they're trying to get back into greatness and you know usually when you're rebuilding you have to drive or compete as if you have nothing to lose right and that's kind of what it is with Williams and um, I think Aitken is actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, he's pretty I've good. I've seen
1: some of his uh, uh F2 highlights. Right. Um. You know, he has a lot of promise and, uh, you know, he fits, I think, the culture of a up-and-coming team. Right. Now, of course, you know, will we see him more consistently after Sunday? That, I don't know. <laughs> Especially right. when, uh, you know, Williams has Nisani in right. the pipeline as well. Um, and Latifi. So, but Again, same with Pietro Fittipaldi. I want Ekin to um, seize the moment, put in the laps, have fun. Right. Doesn't matter where you finish, it because you know when when you when you compete in a cuff throat competition like F one, you don't know when your next chance is going to be. Absolutely. And uh, like I alluded to earlier with representation, um, you know, for those that again don't know, Ekin is half Korean. Ah. So for us to see a Korean person on the grid, another Asian person on the grid, that's good for us, for me and Joy, I mean. And other uh, uh, Asian Formula One fans uh, all over the world because, yeah, I I feel like F1, not to get too uh, political, is a um, very white-dominated sport. Um, And, you know, we need more diversity in it. And when we have more Lewis's, Fittipaldi's, Albans, Atkins, um, Tsunoda's coming up and all, all of that uh, on the grid, and, you know, it just makes it more interesting to watch. I feel for greater audiences.
0: Well said. Well said, Wes. All right, guys. So now let's move on to the secure Grand Prix. Um, Yeah. Uh, Wes, what's your uh, reactions to the new track layout?
1: Ross Braun said it's almost like an oval. (laughs) It would sound more correct if he just said it was a a trapezoid. (laughs) But, hey, you know, to me, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Uh, Just by watching FP1 and uh, FP2, you see guys pulling sub one minute times, Yep. right? And that was expected. Um, And, uh, you know I feel like at that point Formula One is pulling out all the stops to provide prime entertainment right. for the fans mm. uh, because uh I think everyone wants to see how good an f1 car would be on a relatively small track right I mean yeah there's Monaco but Monaco has all these twists and turns mm. right but at uh Sakir outer it's mostly straights there's only like what four or five turns, something like that. Yeah. Maybe a little less. Yep. And it's mostly straights, a lot of DRS zones. Right. I
0: think there's, like, two. There's two, yep. Two, yeah. It's, a, it's the same one from last week. Okay,
1: yeah. So, two DRS zones and, you know, DRS really, really helps the car, All obviously. Right. There's no reason or there's no real scenario where it doesn't. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's prime entertainment and... uh you know, to see those cars break one-minute laps, sub-one-minute laps, it's like, wow, you know, only in 2020 we're going to get this, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with you, man. Um I never thought that we were going we to see uh, sub-one-minute one laps. Um, I didn't think we, it would happen in Bahrain now. Uh, granted, uh, I didn't know that there was actually this layout uh, for Bahrain. I just thought it was just a normal Bahrain circuit, even though I've seen... Um, what do you call it? Overhead shots of the track. Um, I knew that there was like, like kind of roads. I just didn't think that they were part of the track. I just thought that they were like kind of, I thought they were actually like the, the, the roads for, um, the safety cars. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, sub one minute time. I think, um, I actually thought that they were going to add a third DRS zone. Um, The one uh, before the penultimate corner, which is, uh, yeah, I thought they were going to add another one. Uh, They didn't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, We'll see. Um, It does seem as though like um, the DRS zones kind of create a synthetic racing. So maybe they just didn't want to add another DRS zone uh, because of that reason alone. So, yeah, I'm excited to to get into this new track layout.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Now, that basically means if your car is power-heavy, you can literally... (laughs) You know what that means, Joy? Yeah. You can close your eyes just before the five red lights go, and you can just go, I am speed. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) But yes, I do digress on the uh, very, very power-hungry outer layout, and yes, I'm looking forward to it on uh, Saturday and Sunday.
0: You know who's not looking forward to it?
2: Ferrari.
0: Ferrari he's not looking. They're not looking so good also in FP1, FP2. Um, but yeah, uh, Sebastian Vettel was complaining about understeer a lot. Even the Red Bulls, but I mean, the Ferraris were just off. But yeah, uh, cool. So yeah, let's move on to the Bulls and the Bears this week for the Sakhir Grand Prix West. Take us through your Bulls.
1: Yes, sir. So my Bulls for this week, George Russell, Valtteri Bottas, Max Verstappen. Mm. Why? Wes, you're picking very top-heavy. You're going really safe. (laughs) Are you burned from last week? Short answer, yes. (laughs) But for if you've been watching the free practices uh, earlier today, so uh, as we record this, it is Friday night in uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, uh, United States. And uh, by the time we upload this, uh, it would be just before the uh, FP3 and qualifying. Right. Uh and um Russell, holy cow. Right. Like I understand it's just free practice, but, but still he the, the, the guy the guy showed out. Right. And, and um, you know, when you're in the best car and you're that one guy that's everyone's cheering for to get that first set of points, mm. I think he's put in the best position to do it and so far he's backing up the hype. Absolutely. Now Absolutely. which also leads into my second bowl. Valtteri Bottas. Mm. So, okay, he was my bear uh, last week, but he's my bull this week. Why? Because he doesn't have Lewis on the other side. <laughs> now, I think this is that one race where uh, he won't have that mental game, right? Right. With Lewis. And, um, yeah, okay, fine. You can you can say if you love free practice that much, you can say he got his ass kicked in uh, uh, free practice. All right. But, of course, you know, Q, Q1, Q Q2, Q3 is where it counts. Mm. And I think Botas would technically have the edge, right? Because he's the senior man there.
0: I believe he will get the preference of strategy if...
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of preference of strategy, it's going to be interesting that uh, the uh, bright green camera gets the preferred strategy. Because if you <laughs> notice, George had the black camera. right, right. <laughs> not that not that, that means anything, but yes, I mean, for, for Botas, he has to take advantage of the situation yeah. and it's all straights, you know? Yeah, you yeah. Know, It's all power. Right. Uh, and, you know, he has enough racecraft to even go through the simplest of tracks, right? Right. I mean, I he won uh, the other, I would argue, is the mo- other um, simple layout, which was Red Bull Ring, right? Mm. He won the first race of the season, right?
2: Oh, for uh, both, both yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So,
1: you know, another pretty straightforward track. I could see him doing good things. Right. Uh, unless, you know, bull number one gets in his way. <laughs> now, Max Verstappen, again, he is, to me, the driver of the year. Okay. You know, there's no way in hell that he is on the outside looking in. Mm. And I understand that the Honda unit is very volatile. There are some days where it shows that it's uh, Hayai, which means very fast in Japanese, and then there are some where Verstappen's just yelling at somebody over the radio. All right. But I don't see Red Bull or Verstappen falling short mm. this weekend. I just can't see it. Right. Um, but yes, those are my bulls for uh, this week. Um, now my bears: Charles Leclerc, Sebastian Vettel. Kevin Magnussen. Now I'm going to go three, two, one here. Kevin Magnussen, uh, for me, I don't expect much to change for this weekend with Haas. Yes, uh, Magnussen's going to have a new temporary teammate, and maybe there's going to be some emotional, uh, you know, rah rah attitude on let's go out and do our best for Roman. Right. But at the same time, you got to face reality, right? Right. When there's more straights, and then, you know, the Haas is not the best car in the grid. Right. Uh, it's kind of hard. It's powered by Ferrari. Yeah, it's kind of hard to have that, you know, Hollywood ending for, or not Hollywood ending, but Hollywood penultimate for uh, Haas. Right. Right. And um, although Magnussen, I know we promised not to make fun of Grosjean anymore, but even though Magnussen has been the better Haas driver, in my opinion, this season, I, I can't see much happening here. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I
0: agree. Now
1: Leclerc and Vettel. So for those that, I hope you all haven't dozed off yet, but <laughs> I'm obviously mad at the both of them. <laughs> so I, I don't want to talk too much about it, other than if you thought if you thought the first or the original Bahrain layout is a nightmare, I think this is pretty much the Grim Reaper showing up at the door. <laughs> so I, I don't expect much from Ferrari uh this weekend. All right. Full one eighty. Uh, full one eighty, yes. And I hope to have a royal flush on both <laughs> both counts, bulls and bears this weekend. Uh, how about you, Joy? Who do you have as your bulls and who do you have as your bears?
2: Yeah,
0: so uh for me, um I like to take risk. I like to take I like to live on the edge. Um so uh yeah I picked uh Russell, Science and Gasly I pretty much uh, kind of spread it out um, in, the, in the in the field. Um, Russell, I think, is going to impress. I think he's already impressed me with how much uh, pace he has in that car. You know, with very little experience with it. I guess you could say. I mean, it's still the same engine, but um, if you listen to, I think it was FP1, where he was actually asking the engineer, like a, a yellow light came out in his steering wheel, and he's like, oh. What is that, Bono? And, like, they said, they were pretty much just <laughs> telling him, like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a light, right? And so, yeah, it was it was pretty cool um to kind of have that conversation, uh, hear that conversation between, uh, you know, this new kid on the block um, and, you know, this dominant team. So, yeah, it seems as though, like, you know, they're making sure that he's comfortable with the car, making sure, like, you know, he's going to be successful as as successful as possible so yeah uh i'm also picking signs i don't know how but mclaren stole uh bahrain from racing point right um obviously because of the the racing point uh two dnfs but it's i think this is gonna be tricky one right because um the mclarens don't seem like they are good in a power track, especially on straight line speed. Um, I think the Renault engine is decent in straight line or in power. So yeah, I think, I think we're actually going to see this week that, um, they're going to, they might struggle a little bit. I am still picking signs because I think his, um, racecraft is phenomenal. I think it's great. I think he could, he could, he will find a way to, to nurse. That McLaren, not really nurse, but to guide that McLaren to um uh, a better position, so that's why I'm picking him. Uh, Gasly, um, it, I, I don't know why, but the Toro Russo slash AlfaTauri cars have always done pretty well in Bahrain. Um, I don't know if you remember this, West, but uh, back in 2018, um, Toro Russo finished P4 with uh, PR Gasly here. Which is incredible, right? P4. Um, So, yeah. Like, and last week, uh, he did pretty well as as well, right? P6, uh, right under signs. So, yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be, um, I think, I I picked these three because I think they have, they have a good chance this week, um, just based on their, perhaps, racecraft. I am excited to see how Russell um, reacts um, wheel to wheel. Right, I think Russell is great when he has open air, but I want to see how he reacts when he's kind of close uh, quarters racing. So, and I think Verstappen will will give that to him this week, or maybe even Bottas. So, yeah, let's go to my bears. My bears this week is going to be Albon, Kvyat, and Fitzpatrick. Now, you know, I don't want to be a bully right but i think first, uh what's up
1: first off joy you picking filzapaldi that's very un-american of you <laughs> How
2: it dare is, you! it is
0: it is but okay uh, i think i have good reasons for it filzapaldi is the guy that um hasn't raced in a while like I, I think he hasn't raced in like one and a half year two years i haven't seen him in a racing series um yet like so yeah uh, i don't know i don't know how he's gonna react when he's wheel to wheel um i don't know i mean he obviously right he's operating a Haas. he's not gonna qualify really high i think magnuson has him in qualifying um because magnuson is i think he is actually an underrated qualifier um but yeah yeah i i, I don't think paldi you know the new kid on the block. Um, I don't think he's gonna do really well. Um, I mean, it was for me it was a toss up between Federpaldi and Jack Aiken. Uh, I just think that, you know, based on last uh, last week's result, I just think that the Williams are better suited to this track for some reason. Maybe it's just the abrasive um, uh, t- uh, surface, track surface that where um Williams can manage the tires a little bit better. But yeah, um Kvyat, I'm also picking Kvyat. Um I don't know. It always seems as though when whenever Gasly is on it, Kvyat is not. Whenever Kvyat is on it, Gasly usually isn't. So, yeah, I, I I just never seen Kvyat or Gasly finish right next to each other unless they're finishing outside their points together. So, so, yeah, uh, I also picked Albon, right? Um, I don't think he's going to do that well. I think, well, um, let me ask you, Wes, what's your expectation for Albon this week?
1: I have him on the outside looking in, so okay. P5, P6.
0: Okay. Okay, I think P4 is a win for Albon. Right, I think P4 is a win for Albon. Anything lower than that, then Red Bull should just look somewhere else, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, that's why I'm picking him for the Bears. I think he will finish under P4. Um, you know, so I mean, theoretically, he should be right behind Verstappen, and Verstappen should be right behind the two Mercedes. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are my Bears. All right, that sounds good. And for those
1: listening tonight, let us know who you think would be uh, worth watching and those uh, who are not worth watching.
0: Um, (laughs) Who are your bears and bulls?
1: Yes, who are your bears and bulls? Uh, We would like to know. Maybe uh, your takes are just as uh, similar to ours, maybe completely uh, different. Who knows? But that's the point of us being a Formula One community here. And a boxing community, too, which we'll get to in a few seconds. But um, in the meantime, uh, let's look forward to a good race on Sunday, Mm. a bonkers qualifying on Saturday. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you know, this 2020 season will be one to remember. Okay. On that note, we will now transition to our boxing portion of the podcast. Check hooks. Let's go. So a lot of fights, a lot of fights, uh, coming in, um, this uh, weekend, uh, but let's, uh, go back and talk about the fights on last, uh, weekend. So the very, very highly touted Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. fight, um, you know, by trailer, it was a pay-per-view. Everyone around the world was watching, But I want to start off with the uh, co-feature, which Mm -hmm. was Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. Jake Paul having one professional fight under his belt. Uh, And if you are thinking about who I'm thinking of, yes, it is uh, the brother of Logan Paul, and they are the YouTube duo. Uh, Very controversial uh, bunch of brothers there. And uh, Nate Robinson, uh, who was a three-time NBA slam dunk champion, and uh, had a very, very respectable NBA career. Mm. Um, Robinson thought that uh, he could beat Jake Paul by saying that this fight is for his family and his NBA brothers while uh, Jake Paul wants to be a actual pro fighter, fighting for titles, and promised to knock out Robinson early. And we were watching. It looked like a very, very... Uh, organized street fight (laughs) and then in the second round nate robinson gets ding-donged and face plants into the canvas so knockout in two for jake paul joy what is your reaction to that fight
0: i think i uh i I think i told you uh last week that this was going to be a street fight it was going to be a brawl uh it's not going to be very you know like it's not going to be an execution-based fight I don't think uh, these guys had, like, game plans that, you know, was, like, cast from boxing, boxing's very best trainers. Um, And it showed, (laughs) you know, like I said, I think I I gave the analogy of, like, watching the most um, frustrating fighter. And both of us was Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And, you know, multiply that by 10, you're going to get Paul versus Robinson. And so... I think I wasn't I wasn't wrong um but I was wrong. I thought Robinson was going to stick like there for for a couple more rounds. I thought he was going to be a little bit better of a boxer than Paul. I don't know why. It may, uh, maybe it's just because he played basketball a little bit more hand-eye coordination. But yeah, <laughs> I'm so surprised uh, Robinson just kept on diving he just i mean me and uh, my brother jordan were watching the fight and like from the first round like these guys were punching so wide you could tell what punches were coming and like you could you could duck you could block them you could parry their shots like like yeah like uh, i thought like they weren't very fast but you could see their punches coming you could tell by their body language these guys were punching very wide um and so yeah weird fight but uh it was quite entertaining um you know but heads up uh heads up robinson you know you, i don't know about paul going um professional he has to actually fight a professional fighter for that i think but uh yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm just laughing at it
1: yeah joy while you're having your fun there yeah i do feel bad for nate robinson yeah absolutely because you know the dude got smacked he got and uh um, you know he, he walked really, into it too he really needed the medical attention you could tell like when he took out his mouthpiece his mouth started bleeding and all right. that but the thing is i thought he was gonna fight from the outside because he's very athletic right you know i thought he was gonna dance around the ring give mm. uh give uh jake paul a cardio test right but no no i guess someone told him that uh this fight should be treated as world star and
0: (laughs) maybe it's because of his reach that his trainer told him like oh you have a smaller reach you can't fight from the outside not exactly not entirely true i mean his i i've never
1: heard of that guy when they (laughs) introduced his trainer he looked like some guy that walks around and creeps at la fitness man like who who the hell was that guy I, i've never heard of that
0: trainer before i actually didn't know that he announced this trainer so i don't i don't actually know maybe i just didn't really pay attention too much to this fight i just wanted to see these two guys fight uh but yeah uh yeah i mean hopefully nate is uh is is, is back and is healthy um and yeah uh Sorry, Nate, but, like, he, he kept throwing the overhand right. You should have seen it coming. Um, I, I mean, I will say he, Jake Paul has – it's Jake, right? Not Logan? Yes. Okay. Uh, I will say he has a decent overhand right. Not as good as Maidana, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it was flush, right? We got to give him flush. that. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah, Nate Robinson learned that you can't play boxing. Right, Mm. But for Jake Paul, what I do want to say is challenging somebody like Conor McGregor, Dylan Danis, and then your brother challenging someone like Floyd Mayweather, that's not a good idea. (laughs) And, you know, if you do get those fights, good for you. You're the one that's earning the big bucks anyway. What do I know? I'm just a armchair analyst here with my uh, best guy in the world talking about this. But, yeah, man. I mean... uh, Good win for you, but you're asking for a lot uh, (laughs) after Nate Robinson. But on that note, let's go to the men of Saturday, which were uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Mm. So it was an eight-round fight, two minutes. We explained the rules last week, so you couldn't get knocked out, and scores were not official. So uh, if you've been listening to us uh, the whole time, I wanted Tyson to go the distance – joy wanted roy to go knock him out and what actually happened was the two guys went the distance <laughs> and tyson's uh very uh forward uh pivoty approach actually worked in the fight mm. while roy jones jr actually controlled the outside and even despite all that i thought mike tyson wanted to fight right but Thanks to people such as Chad Dawson, Christy Martin, and (laughs) Vinny Paz, Chad Dawson thought the fight was a 76-76 draw. Christy Martin thought it was 79-73 for Tyson, which I thought made sense. And Vinny Paz thought it was 76-80 for Jones, hence making it a draw. And I loved it. I loved the fight. I loved it. God damn, those uh, those scorecards are horseshit. I don't know what you think, Joy.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, uh, I agree with you. I enjoyed the fight. I I thought I wasn't going to enjoy this fight, but I stand proven. Um, Yeah, like Tyson, you know, moved okay. Uh, He was able to kind of dictate where Jones was going to go. I do see Roy Jones um, winning the outside fight. I thought he was able to move. He was able to kind of, you know, dictate the distance between them but the majority of these rounds weren't in the long range they were close up they were in the clinch and that's when Tyson really just bullied him and so yeah I thought Tyson actually won this uh, fight I thought I thought Roy was gonna was gonna outlast him I thought Roy had a lot more stamina just because Roy has fought more recently but it seems as though, like, you know, Tyson was just there. He like he was pretty much leaning a lot on Roy, and it, it tired him out a lot even faster. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is
1: what it is. <laughs> we can't argue the results now. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know that fight I think opened up a lot of um, avenues for the sport of <laughs> boxing. Well, first and foremost, it gave people entertainment Mm. in a rough year, right? Mm. So kind of like how I alluded to earlier, how 2020 allowed us to see the strange, especially in sports. This was part of the strange (laughs) um, in a good way, in a good way. And um, now Snoop Dogg is looking to uh, create a, or he has decided to create a boxing league uh, in, in partnership with Triller. Mm. Uh, And the format is supposed to be similar to what we saw on Saturday with uh, Mike Tyson and uh, Roy Jones. Mm. And because of that fight, it looked to me that Mike Tyson's stock as an athlete went up. Mm. And guess who started calling Mike Tyson out?
0: Let me guess. I actually don't know the answer, but let me guess. Is it Evander? Evander?
1: It is Evander Holyfield <laughs> with his one and a half ears or whatever. <laughs> he told he told Mike Tyson, t, or he it is reported that he has told Mike Tyson to get sign the contract and get back in the ring. Oh so, my oh
0: gosh, uh, I mean, have you have you actually seen the uh, the the fight between the fights between uh, Tyson and Holyfield?
1: I'm a little out of range for those, Joy.
0: Okay, uh, well, I. I When I was watching him, I thought Evander pretty much figured out Mike Tyson. Uh, There wasn't a lot Mike Tyson could have done. Um, He was very frustrated when fighting Holyfield. And thus, bit his ear off. Uh, But yeah, I, I was about to actually get on that. Like It seems as though there's a lot of fighters that believe that they could come out of retirement. Now, I will say, the boldest one of them is Oscar De La Hoya claiming that he could step in the ring and fight Triple G, which, um, I don't know. Uh, I actually really like Triple G. I rate him a lot. Well, uh, we're going to possibly watch him together. Uh But, man, like, really? You're going to call out Triple G? Like, I-, I would rather see Oscar De La Hoya versus Marcos Maidana. Um... I mean, that was rumored to be the fight that was going to be in line for Oscar.
1: Well, uh, I mean, whatever, to each his own. And (laughs) I don't have too much on uh, Oscar De La Hoya coming back. Um, I think he's just trying to get on the hype train. (laughs) He needs to to worry about his uh, promotion brand. He just lost his best. He just lost the face of boxing. Exactly. Exactly. So I got if I'm Oscar, I got other things to worry about from a business standpoint, <laughs> uh, other than uh, risking my body to go out there and fight a exhibition match or whatever, or I, even an official match against um, somebody that's still in form.
0: I think I think my favorite part of this fight was uh I think it was Snoop Dogg that was kind of enticing Sugar Ray uh Leonard to come back to the ring and like Leonard's like, I, I've already been through a retirement and. Come back, and it didn't go well for him. So, so I thought that was really funny. Uh, the the interaction with him and uh with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that was
1: actually a, a good group of announcers. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Israel Adesanya.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, no,
1: I mean, and I hope uh, we get to see something like that again. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more entertaining and a little bit more responsible from a scoring standpoint. But, hey, uh, I think uh, that fight was uh, 140 ages, literally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, but now let's shift gears into the fight coming up uh, this weekend. So as we record this, uh, this would be the night before the fight. Um, I am referring to the Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia fight. Uh, and that fight is taking place uh, tomorrow at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time on a Fox Sports PBC pay-per-view, and um, it is uh, for Errol Spence's uh, welterweight titles.
0: Uh, And... um, Possible fight with Bud?
1: Possible fight with Bud is on the line, uh, or a Manny Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, this fight is a home fight for Spence uh, taking place at AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. So... Really, real quick, Errol Spence is um, a unified uh, World's weight world champion. Mm. And Danny Garcia, one of the more respected names in the division. Very, very aggressive fighter. Errol Spence, more uh, balanced. Um, and, uh, well, I want to know, Joy, who do you have for this fight?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'd like to break it down um, just to kind of share uh what my thought process is you hit it right on the head west Spence seems like the more balanced fighter he could do pretty much everything right he could do outside he could do inside um he has power it seems as though in like in both hands um he's a southpaw which already kind of makes it a little bit harder for orthodox fighters um and yeah he he seems like he he has the better g- uh ring generalship uh, than Garcia. Um, however, you know Garcia is known as a very powerful fighter. Um, Keith Thurman you know absolutely credits Garcia's power right They fought together and like he Keith Thurman believes that you know Garcia can has the power to to really push Spence back. Um, the thing about Garcia is that um, you know he doesn't really use a lot of movement. Um, he likes to stay in the middle of the ring where he could really get a clear shot. Uh the thing about Garcia is that his timing is his greatest attribute, right? His his timing, um he could time a lot of his opponents. Uh he's a really good counter puncher. And so I think this is gonna be a, a good fight. A lot of people think that it's gonna be like um a unanimous decision for Spence. Um I do th- I mean I've been I've been watching a lot of uh, Ryan, um, I mean Ryan Garcia, Danny Garcia's fights, and I actually really like uh, Danny Garcia, the way he fights, um, and I think it's going to be interesting. It's always going to be a, a very intense fight whenever you're fighting Danny Garcia. Like I said, he has a lot of power. He has a lot of timing. He has great timing. And so, yeah, I, I'm I'm so curious to see what Danny Garcia's game plan is for Spence. And what Spence's game plan is for Garcia. Um, so yeah, I, I actually think that Spence is going to win this fight. But I am quietly hoping that Garcia shows up. Because this is, a lot of people are saying this is a make or break fight for Garcia. If he loses, he's lost to Thurman. He's lost to Sean Porter. And he's going to lose to Errol Spence. So there's not a lot of you know names out there that he could fight. Um, after losing to um, Spence and a lot of these fighters, so yeah, uh, I think I think Spence is gonna win. I think it's probably gonna be a majority or unanimous. I think he's gonna outwork him. Uh, Garcia, however, um, I'm hoping that he wins. I'm quietly hoping that he wins.
1: Very fair, Joy. I think we did have a uh, early prediction yeah. in a previous episode, but yeah. for me, um, yeah, I think you. I want to echo a lot of the points that you made. And, um, of course, part of me or part of me wants to pick Spence because of what, uh, Garcia's dad said about the Dallas Cowboys logo, which I do not take (laughs) very, very kindly. Uh, but, and I think I said Spence in eight or Mm. something like that. And I think I'm going to keep that. Okay. Uh, and stoppage or knockout, uh, uh, stoppage. Okay. And, um, I think, um, you know, the accident, won't face spence too much um and for those who don't know spence was involved in a car accident um i think last year yes and um he has fully recovered since then but um and that's a lot of the talking points uh going into this fight like how is he gonna look after recovering from a car accident right and uh i think he'll be fine
0: i think he'll be fine
1: and uh, yeah, I think he's gonna prove to us once again why he is among the best, if not the best, in the welterweight division. Absolutely. So, um, Joy, you have the majority. I have the stoppage. And for all our listeners tonight, that is Errol the truth Spence Jr., twenty-six and zero with twenty-one knockouts against Danny Swift Garcia, thirty-six and two with twenty-one KOs for the welterweight world championship in Dallas, Texas, on Saturday. December 5th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Time, U.S. Time, on Fox Sports' PBC Pay-Per-View. And uh, to wrap things up on our boxing chapter tonight, a couple fights that we wanted to cover uh, that have already taken place. Uh, So before the Tyson-Jones fight, there was Daniel Dubois versus Joe Joyce. This was for the British Commonwealth title, I believe, heavyweights. And um, Joe Joyce uh, KO'd Daniel Dubois in 10 rounds, uh, and which was a, a shocking upset because Dubois was a uh, young up-and-coming fighter, um, very close to becoming uh, in the same uh, conversations as Deontay Wilder, uh, and andy ruiz jr and this fight may have sent him back he did have a a broken orbital bone i believe and uh but on the bright side it's not quite the end 15 and one you know you're still in your 20s you can always bounce back as for joe joyce this makes his uh stock back up and uh he he now has a reason to fight bigger names and, um, you know, it's best of luck to both of them as they are uh, trying to uh, uh, move on in their careers. And earlier today, um, Billy Joe Saunders, who is uh, to be a uh, known future foe for the face of boxing, Canelo Alvarez, retained his super middleweight title by scoring a unanimous decision over, um, his name is, let's see here, Murray he beat murray on a uh, unanimous decision with a score of 120-109, 120-109, and 118-110. Mm. So, Martin Murray. And um you know, uh, it, it I feel like that super middleweight division or middleweight those between those two classes, it's pretty stacked, pretty talented. Mm. And um yeah, a lot of a lot of options out there for uh Canelo and Plant and Joe, Billy Joe Saunders, Triple G, man, it, it's it's a good time to be uh, a fan in the middleweight division right now. But other, do you have any thoughts on that, Joy?
0: Uh no. Uh, I just pretty much on the Dubois, uh, fight. I think, uh yeah, you you hit it right on the head, right? So Dubois got to go back to the um, to the drawing table and like, kind of just go back and and try to build up. Confidence again, right? So, I mean, he was in that name with uh, Deontay Wilder. He's coming up as a as one of those prime time uh, heavyweights. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you got You got to come back.
1: Absolutely, and uh, that's really what defines a champion. How do you handle adversity? But under that, that is my quick wrap up for the boxing portion, aka check hooks.
0: Okay, great. So yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Run It Back podcast. Uh, We will be back next Friday, um, and we will cover the Sakir Grand Prix uh, um, review, and we will be doing our preview of the Abu Dhabi, the very last race of the season. I can't believe we actually had a full season for Formula One, and we will be back Also, with um, a review of the Spencer Garcia fight, Um, it's going to be a packed show next week, so stay tuned. Yeah,
1: Joy, looking forward to it, and my gosh, it's it's really bittersweet. I don't want the Formula One season (laughs) to end, but hey, you know, that's what makes the sport beautiful. All good things come to an end, but then again, there's always a uh, bright beginning not too long after. Absolutely. And uh, for our listeners, thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Make sure to give us a like. So show some love, share some thoughts with us, and spread the word to your friends. And uh, for Joy, this is Wes. Run It Back Nation, stay safe and keep it on track.